Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 10 of the Podcast of the Galaxy. I am here, as always, with Jared. What's up, Jared? Hello, everyone. I'm very good, Ron. How are you? I'm good. Uh, I'm happy it's the weekend. Uh, long week at school, so nice to have a little break. Uh, and I am excited to, because there's a lot to talk about today uh, during this episode. Uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier obviously took a dark turn. Uh, today we are going to be reviewing episode four of Falcon and Winter Soldier. So um, just a little spoiler warning here. Uh, do not listen if you don't like to be spoiled and if you haven't seen it yet. Because um, we have a lot to talk about uh, regarding and we will be spoiling it. So if you haven't watched it. So I suggest you maybe go back and come back later. So uh, Jared, I'm going to throw it over to you first. What did you think? Well, I, I did like the episode overall. I think it was a great episode. There was a lot to just happen. And you were right that it took a darker turn. We saw a lot of character development from Mr. John Walker and a lot of sinister things coming from him. Um, for example, there was the moment when he killed someone with his shield, just, you know, battered him in with his shield, which showed his corruption. He took the super serum, which was my only gripe with the episode that they did not show him taking the serum because I thought that would be a super cool scene to just visualize what effect it would have taken on him when he took it. Cause obviously it's a super serum, but overall I'm super happy with how they developed uh, John Walker. He's becoming a bad character, but in a great way, he's doing a great job at playing it. And, um, Everyone else was good as well. We got a lot of development from Zemo. He's gone now because um, he was chased out by Ao and the Wakandans. But there is a all of these characters are intertwining from the Wakandans to Sam. Even Sam's sister is getting involved sometimes. So there's a lot of just plots that are coming together to just have this big culmination of a great story so far. Yeah, so I agree. Uh, you made a lot of great points there. So, uh, yeah, this show definitely took a darker turn. Uh, if if you didn't well, if you didn't hate John Walker already, I mean, I'm cer- I'm almost certain that most people probably do hate him by now. Uh, but if not, you know, I, <laughs> I guess that's okay. Um, but I I agree with you. Characters continue to develop. Uh, we had so a little more on Sharon Carter, um, which we're definitely going to be talking about her later as well because there is something else that we need to talk about with her. Um, definitely, uh, Carly Morgenthau was one of the two stars of the show. I feel like, or this episode, because you de- she definitely got a lot of screen time. Uh, definitely un- dove deep into more of her motives with the flag smashers and uh, truly at the same time, truly established them as probably one of the biggest, um, one of the biggest antagonists in the show. So um, yeah, I mean, it was one of my favorite episodes. I I think it was my favorite episode to date just because of the moments that took place during the show. A lot of bone spine chilling moments. I feel like a lot of chilling moments that took place here that truly got us thinking where is it you know what what's going to happen next so uh yeah i really really like this episode 
I do want to talk more in depth of John Walker, though, because obviously he was a prominent character in the show, along with Battlestar, um, which unfortunately his fate uh, fate didn't turn out well for him. Um, but what, I'm going to throw it over to you. What are some more th- thoughts or takeaways of John Walker's actions? Well, uh, John Walker appeared in what is most likely my favorite scene so far when he chased down one of the Flag Smashers and battered him with his shield. It was a very powerful scene, and it showed his switch from a acceptable, not I wouldn't say an acceptable Captain America, but an acceptable hero, because he is a war hero, to this very grim and evil person. Someone who, that is not a justified way to kill someone, and I don't think Cap would ever, 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 ever do that. Um, it shows, it, things like him taking the super serum show his uh, switch as well. Um, he's, he was just a very, very hateable character this time. And Battlestar obviously uh, supported his decision to take the serum by saying completely polar opposite to Sam without any hesitation that, yes, he would take it because of all the lives he could save while not taking into the account how it would affect him. Yeah. So I, and for example, Battlestar's fate was very, very, not intriguing, but it happened very quickly. And you could see that snap in, um, in uh, John Walker immediately when he went over and he just, he just, he snapped. He kind of like let go just as when he was defeated by Ao and the Wakandans. He kind of just sat there and he said, they weren't even super soldiers. Wow. I would like to say, I feel like one of those Wakandans could take down a super soldier as they did with Bucky. Um, it's just so much development happened with John Walker and it makes him not a likable character, but a very intriguing character. I think that he will be, as we have seen him now, we did predict that he would take the super serum and he will be one of the main antagonists. I have switched my view from him because of what he has done. He has taken the super serum, as we predicted. He has gone to all lengths to accomplish what he, what he does. And he's becoming more radicalized and radicalized. And he's becoming what he seeks to destroy. He's killing innocent people. Yeah, so I I I have to say, uh, bit I loved Marvel for a very long time now. Um, I've witnessed a lot of moments in the MCU. What took place to end the episode yesterday between John Walker and one of, one of the um, people members of the Flag Smashers? Um, well, was probably one of the most gruesome things I have seen in Marvel. You know, the blood on the shield is like that was one of the biggest moments for me that like gave me chills. That was like, you know, that symbolized a corrupt Captain America. That like that symbolized a Captain America turned bad because you know. If, if, because like you said before, Steve Rogers would never have that moment when he when he is standing with a bl- shield that, that with the bottom half covered in blood, 
that's not his he would never do something like that so it shows the difference between the Steve Rogers Captain America and the John Walker Captain America I also wanted to take note of the title of the episode because it is important and it is called the whole world is watching that is one of the biggest things for me and I'm not I, I did want to make mention that during this podcast today the whole world is going to end up I mean I know in the moment I'm sure like it wasn't exactly the whole world but because but obviously it will be soon considering how many videos were taken and stuff and I'm sure news is the news is going to cover it but the whole world is going to eventually watch what John Walker did and it is going to show um how much how how much of a bad decision it was for John Walker to do that because obviously it's going to change the people's views on what Captain America truly represents. I mean, it did hurt, hurt what he did also hurt the reputation of just the Captain America mantle as well, not just for himself. It's like even Steve Rogers, Captain America and the Captain America mantle that he took on that mantle is going to be affected because the whole world is going to be watching a, bl- a man carrying a bloody shield after just brutalizing a man. And that's not what America is about. And Captain America is supposed to symbolize America, obviously, in the name. And so it's clearly, clearly the title shows the impact of what John Walker did as well. So, I mean, I mean that's true. That's really all I, want, I, all I really wanted to say. I mean, because... Like I feel like those two things are the biggest things that connect John John Walker to the story. So, uh, would you agree? I I would definitely agree with that. But one thing I would like to point out is that I like what you said about the whole world is watching. I think that John Walker will respond to that in a very rational way. Instead of fixing what he's done, or at least trying to recover his reputation, I think he's going to increase what he is doing. And the severity that he's doing it to as a mean at, to meet to meet ends as a means for an end. He will go as hard as he can before he is really taken down or starts to get really looked down upon to finish what he started. I don't think he's a person who will just give up. I think he is going to increase and really start being a super villain because he will finish what he started so my question for you is this then because i, I want to hear your answer to this how do you think john walker's actions how do you see his fate going as captain america like what do you think his fate is? do you think he is going to be a he do you think he's go his the mantle is going to be relinquished from him in the coming episode or maybe potentially Sam regain, regaining it afterwards. Do you think that he's going to stay Captain America for a little longer so that he does become more of this hated character and one that people want to see uh, the Captain America mantle taken away from him? So it gets built up. To He gets built up as the main antagonist. What do you think? I think that he will stay 
Captain America in quotes because I think that he will shed some of the actual things that make Cap like Captain America. Mm-hmm. So he will become a person who will do anything to get what he wants. And that will continue to happen throughout the series until he is most likely killed in a very, very severe fashion. That will most likely come along with someone's death. He will most likely be killed by killing someone else. So whether that's Carly Morgenthau, whether that's Ao, whether that's, I don't know, even Zemo. Even though I think Zemo will survive this series because, you know, Zemo is too much of a valuable character. That can, they can do so much with Zemo right yep. now. Um, I think that he will be killed this series, but he will kill someone very, very important. Yeah, um, I think that that important person, and uh, let me just uh, talk about this for a little bit. If it were to be an important person that got, uh, like, was the final straw for him, I do think it would be Carly Morgenthau, because I feel like she's a sympathetic character, all right? And that I feel like people understand her pain because, you know, she was going through homelessness and stuff like that. And I feel like if John Walker were to kill, um, kill off that character, that, that could, that could put people, put people over the edge with him and officially be his like last straw. I feel like that, that could be it for him in terms of Captain America and maybe at the end of the series or something like that, this happens. But the reason why I think Carly might die is just because, you know, I, I don't see her being a character that continues to be in the MCU. I, I, you might disagree with me there, but I feel like the flag smashers are not going to have a role to play in future installments. Um, and you know, if may, I mean, maybe Carly also makes a sacrifice or something, maybe it connects to that, but I don't know. I just get a hunch that Carly Morgan might not survive this series. Uh, what do you think about that? Well, I agree with you that she m- m- w- might not survive. I feel like she could make a valiant sacrifice and, you know, ta- uh, allow them to take down John Walker. But I feel like what you said about, you know, us being sympathetic with her, I feel like the only way that everyone would be sympathetic with her is if she changed her ways and John Walker still killed him or killed her. Mm-hmm. So if Sam convinced Carly to not kill and not like destroy and John Walker then kill her. I feel like that would be the last straw. If she changes and then she shows that change, John Walker will most likely still kill her because obviously, as I said before, he's not one to give up. Well, yeah. Well, and just to connect that to Sam for a minute, I mean, Sam, if she does end up like changing her ways, Sam will be the one to influence that because obviously we can see that they do have more of a positive relationship with each other because they both, you know, Carly even said that um, she, you know, she doesn't want to hurt Sam. Uh, She knows that Sam is it bad and Sam is not the person that, you know, she wants gone. Um, I feel like if they continue to have more of those interactions and stuff like that and more of those, um, 
thought processes where they, you know, exchange um, those between each other and, and how they're feeling and stuff like that. Um, and, you know, if Falcon continues to, or Sam, whatever, if he continues to guide Carly in the right path, and if he continues to understand how she's feeling, it could actually prove beneficial and it could be, um, it could be like kind of a good guy turn. Um, because, you know, I understand that they are like bad guys, like what they do is bad and stuff like that. Don't get me wrong. But at the same time, I do understand. I totally, I understand why they are doing what they're doing. I don't support it. Um, you know, it's like how I, I view a lot of villains that way. Like I've, I, I know I felt that way about Thanos and stuff like that. There are, are some reasons on why they have um, good, um, good reasoning behind what they're doing. However, the act itself is totally, totally not good and not okay. So I feel like if she could change her thought process to being less violent, and more like towards um, g- better actions, I feel like that would be prove be proven beneficial. And if that happens, I feel like Sam will be the key. Um, and it'll also be interesting because I do want to see more of Sam and Carly interacting because I could truly feel that there um, those moments between them. So, uh, what do you think? What do you think about Carly? What else? Um, I don't really have much else to say about Carly because I think that she is a good character and I like how they've been, you know, what they've been doing with her. I think that she's been great. And I think that she, because I agree with you that she doesn't hold much else in terms of mainstay Marvel things. She's not one of those iconic characters, but she's a good one-off character. Like she can have her effect and then they will probably move on. So I think that they're going to do something big with her and she'll have like this ultimatum and this big conclusion to her and that'll be it. I think it'll be later on in the series, but I think it'll be super impactful. Yeah. And it'll also be interesting to see what changes between Sam and Carly's relationship now that Carly threatened his nephews and uh, his sister. That's obviously a big part and that'll play a big role. I do feel like his sister, Sarah, is going to have... A, a bigger role to play in the coming episodes, um, primarily because of the fact that um, Carly basically threatened her. And it'll be interesting to see if her character uh, gets uh, more attention in the series. And uh, yeah, like I said before, don't get me wrong. Um, I don't, I don't support uh, the villains um, actions and whatever, obviously because they're killing people and that's never okay. But like, like I said before, I think that Carly's, you know, I feel like she's standing up for something that she believes in. That's not necessarily wrong. Um, it's just the way, and Sam said that, that exact same thing too. It's just the way that they go about it is not, not good. So, yes. Um, but I, w- I would also like to point out something about Sarah who is, um, I feel like Sarah will be used against Sam Maybe not only by Carly, but by people like John Walker or even the power broker. If the power broker intertwines with Sam, I feel like his sister could be used against him because she holds such a big part in his life that she would be easy leverage. 
And obviously, they're very vulnerable where they are. So either he will, you know, come back to save them or it will be used as a kind of bartering chip. Yeah, you make a good point there. Um, It'll be because I do, like I said before, I do believe that Sarah is going to have more of an important role to play in these coming episodes. And it will be interesting to see if Carly ends up doing something with Sarah that allows for more of uh, in more, a more interesting character arc for Sam uh, in the coming episodes. Um, there's not a lot left. I will tell you that. I mean, I know the episodes are getting longer. Uh, it's been confirmed or at least heavily rumored that the, the next episode is going to be around 60 or 65 minutes. So um, that is good. So we do get more, um, potential for character arcs and it will be interesting to see Sarah's. So, um, with that being said, as long as you don't have anything else, right? Uh, not really about Carly or, uh, Sarah. Um, I think that I like, I've, the only thing I would like to point out is that I like what they've done. They've used a very niche way of introducing Sarah more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. So, um, yeah, but we are going to go, talk because i know he's been a talking point of a lot of our episodes recently uh zemo obviously there's something to talk about with him uh but i want to talk about um the predicted uh fate his the predicted fate for zemo in this series now that he's escaped and um basically what's next for him so i'll let you start off with that well for zemo i think that he's going to have a huge part in this he's split off now and I feel like he's going to use his powerful connections to really become this villain. One thing that he didn't touch on that I found very interesting is when Sam asked him about Bucky, he didn't say too much about it. So what I think he thinks about Bucky is that he should still be killed because he thinks that no super soldiers should be alive. You might be right. I think that that will be super interesting to see play out. Because then he will make enemies with Carly Morgenthau, possibly the power broker, and then Bucky. There's so many possibilities for Zemo to become this mainstead villain that will maybe come to a big culmination. That's another reason why I don't think Zemo will die either. I think that he might come close to dying, but he'll escape again because they just have so much to do with him. He's such a huge character. And he's like, He's this very different type of villain that isn't necessarily strong. And I like how he stays to his morals, that he will not take the super serum, even though he could. Unlike John Walker, he started destroying it because that's his goal. He could do a lot with the super serum, but he just doesn't. And he uses his intelligence to gain advantage instead of his strength or his possible strength. Yeah. Um, I feel like with that, there is just so many paths for Zemo to go on. Maybe he takes down Bucky later in the series. Not, you know, uh, not completely, but maybe he goes after Bucky later in the series. Maybe he makes a goal to kill the power broker, or maybe his goal is to still kill the flag smashers. People like that. There's so many things he could go to because if he really wants to take out all of the uh, super soldiers in the world, plus superheroes. We got to remember that. If he wants to take all the super soldiers in the world, he'll have to focus on three groups. Yeah. You might, you might be, um, yeah, you, you kind of gave, uh, a lot of my thought 
thoughts uh, in there too. So um, basically, it's still a mystery regarding what's happening with Zemo. We still, I mean, he did escape, so now he's on the loose, and he's obviously going to return in the series. Um, it will be interesting to see if he continues to um, side with Sam and Bucky against the Flag Smashers and um, eventually turn on Bucky, because I think you're right. I, I, I definitely think you hit it right on the mark there, that I'm sure that he wants Bucky killed. Um, I'm sure that he still sees uh, Bucky as a threat the same way he um, sees other super soldiers as a threat in general. So, I mean, I definitely feel like he is going to play because obviously um, remember what he, he was talking to those kids trying to find out uh, about where Danya was um, or where the funeral was being held. And, you know, he was like, they're bad people. Sam and Bucky are bad people. So he, he, he knows that the reason why they want, the super soldiers to be stopped is different from why he wants the super soldiers to be stopped. He wants the, he he wants the super soldiers extinct. He wants them gone. All right. Sam and Bucky are just trying to stop like the danger and the threats and stuff like that because not all see, like you know Isaiah you see Isaiah Bradley right. He's not a threat. He's not a threat to humanity. Um, obviously he's 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 alone in a house with um, possibly his relative. I, I don't think that's still been made clear yet, but probably like maybe his son, maybe his nephew or something like that. But he's, he's so these super soldiers, they, Sam and Bucky don't want to take them out, all, all of them out. Zemo wants them basically erased from mankind. So it, it'll be interesting to see how that affects Zemo's ways going forward and whether or not he will kill Bucky. Uh, I, he's like I said, he's definitely going to return. Um, may, you know, he he might be also targeting John Walker. That's another potential option. Um, he he might be the one. I, I, I an interesting um, thought that I had was that he might be the one to kill John Walker, um, and then go go on his separate path. I feel like that's certainly an option. So, uh, yeah, but it'll be interesting to see. Uh, him in his purple mask again. I hope we get him in his purple mask again, um, going more of this villainous route in Falcon and Winter Soldier. So, uh, yeah, outside of that, anything else on Zemo? Um, I would also like to point to his uh, conversation with the children. He, the, what that showed for me is that he knows where to go to get certain information from certain people. If it's a certain set of information, maybe he will go to these type of people. But for them, he knew to go to them because they are most likely the most vulnerable, the most likely to convince. And the reason for me, I think that he said they are bad people is to make it so they will not give them any information or give them help. That may just be speculation, but that's my reason behind it. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a, it, it, might, that, it might just be that. But, it, you know, it's also interesting to see if he does think that they're still doing doing wrong. But um, we are going to move to one more topic before we do a little activity here with the power broker um, again. Um, but yeah, let's just talk about Bucky now. And that particularly that first scene, the very first scene of the show, 
when, you know, those words, I, I think it was IO or AO using those words uh, against him, like the words that turned him into uh, winter soldier. Um, uh, before I hand it over to you, I just want to say that this was, this was important to add and I'm glad that they added it because I wanted to see what I, I, at some point I did want to see uh, what happened when those words were being used. And for the first time he started uh, ignoring those words and started cutting out the pain of turning into the winter soldier. And I felt like the visuals were great during that scene, like the, um, emotional toll that it was taking him through listening to his words and overcoming uh, turning into the Winter Soldier again and you know the fire and stuff like that it's it's truly um, it was truly a powerful moment in my mind um, one of the biggest takeaways as well and I feel like you know we now we now know um, his relationship with Ayo and I feel like she is you know, she is sort of like a guide for him, like, because she uses words, she was the one to use those words. And um, it, it is certainly interesting to uh, see their relationship develop. And now it might be impacted in a in more negative way because of um, the AO finding out that Zemo has escaped after, and, and, you know, killing T'Chaka and stuff like that. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how that relationship um, varies and stuff like that. And it'll also be interesting to see um, if the Wakandans will be more of a factor into the show going forward. So what else do you think about that? Well, I would quickly like to touch on, super quickly, just that they did not uh, use any attention to uh, T'Challa's death. T'Challa. So Black Panther's death. They they yeah. did no attention to it. And I think that that might mean that for the rest of the series, they might not talk about his death. And they might deal with that further down the line in another series. That is what I'm kind of leaning towards now. But I don't want to talk about that in full because that will lead into an entire discussion <laughs> yeah. that we will probably have later. Um, To do with Ao and Bucky, I think that that scene, as you pointed out, was probably my second favorite scene in the series. Both of my top two coming from this episode. First with John Walker, him killing uh, the man with the shield. And then with Ao and Bucky. I feel like that was super powerful. And it was a great conclusion to how he overcame it. Hmm. Um, but the scene where she took off his arm by disarming it, <laughs> disarming it, um, it it kind of showed a trust separation between Bucky and the the Wakandans in general. They didn't trust Bucky enough to let him have that arm freely. They put it in a way that he did not know about to completely take off the arm. And I feel like that really put a separation between them. Yeah, it's very uh, it's very tough to see, but I think that. It will, we will see more that happened in Wakanda because obviously he grew as a person in Wakanda. There was a ton of stuff that happened. And I think that they will have a very large um, kind of leeway into the show because 
yet again, they are not people to just give up and uh, just move on. Just as we saw with Killmonger, they're not going to give up. They tried to kill him a ton. They sent multiple people, and they just tried to kill him over and over again. And they're not just going to let Zemo, like, loose. And I don't think anyone will. He's an international criminal and someone who almost tore the Avengers apart. He's very scary, and he's a very, very good villain. I don't think that they are going to let that go as well. So I feel like we will see a separation between Bucky and Wakanda in general as this kind of crossroads comes between them. Because obviously, he does like them. He likes them as people, and I feel like Ao likes him as well. But with with him harboring a criminal, maybe not anymore. Zemo might be gone officially from their grasps. I feel like there will be a huge separation between him and Wakanda going further on. Yeah, I mean, I would like to see. Yeah, I would like to see that relationship that between Bucky and Wakandans uh, change now because, like I said before, they used to be. Yeah, it seemed like a positive relationship. They seem to truly connect with each other. Like with, you know, the line that you're free is truly, you know, truly changed Bucky. And it'll be interesting to because I think he blew it now in terms of uh, having a nice relationship with Wakandans, at least for now, at least. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that relationship varies. But uh, before we get into our final... Uh, segment here what what is there anything else you want to add to that not really i think that bucky had not the most development he had a very influential scene but there isn't much unseen about him as of right now i'm just excited to see how his relationship unfolds yeah i agree so uh obviously one of the biggest mysteries or probably not one of the biggest the biggest mystery of this show is who the power broker is and um, views. Let me just say this. I think people's views have changed over who the power broker may be or, or things related to the power broker. So uh, what we did, and I'll just summarize this real quickly before we get into it is we made a top three of the most likely, not who we want to, uh, we, we are going to explain whether or not we want this to happen. But, like, this is basically on who is most likely to be the power broker. Uh, It's going to be our top three. Uh, We're going to go three, two, one. And, um, yeah, so we're just going to get right into it. So, uh, Jared, why don't you reveal who we had as number three? Well, for number three, we have Thunderbolt Ross. And we've been talking about Thunderbolt Ross for a long time now. We've seen him as a very big possibility as he actually did back in the day, create a single serum, a single vial of serum through his um, kind of operation. He's been obsessed with the serum for a long time. And there is a, there's actually quite a few people who think the same way that we do, that he is a front runner for who it could be. Um, there are some things that kind of dissuade us from, because he was definitely our number one. Uh, last episode he, at least he was my number one last episode but there are some things that just don't really make sense um things like how thunderbolt ross he wouldn't really he would need first of all he would need um he would need a scientist 
to create it for him, but he already did it. So his infatuation kind of went away after that. Only a little bit, but still. It just shows that there are more people for it and better people for it. And the other thing is that we we also think that it might be someone who really isn't super involved. And Thunderbolt Ross has been very involved with the MCU. And we know a lot about him. And it doesn't really seem like he would be someone who stays in the shadows and just doesn't really do anything. Because he was a very upstanding and outward character when we saw him. And he was very, you know, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, and no one can stop me. And Thunder, and um, sorry, Power Broker has been very in the shadows, kind of laying low. And it just doesn't seem like him. So that's why uh, we put him on three and not on any of the second or first ranks. What do you think, Ron? Yeah, so I agree with you in, in terms of, um, I, I'm going to go to why I think it, it might be him later. Um. Um, I do agree that, you know, he is the outright government official. You know, he, he's a little corrupt. He, he, um, he created the Sokovia Accords, clearly hates the Avengers, doesn't really like him. So the fact that he's already put his voice out there and put his beliefs out there, um, not, in, not really in the shadows, um, does make it a little bit um, less likely for him to be the power broker because, you know, I think that he does like to work out of the shadows. Um, why it could be him though. I feel like, you know, like you said before, he knows what the super soldier serum is. He, he understands what it is. And this could be a way of, you know, building his own group of super soldiers to, so, um, so that they can match the Avengers and that they can do the things his way. I feel like that's a potential option if it were to be him. And if he were to work out in the shadows, I feel like it would be, you know, it would, it would actually kind of like fit his character, even though like, I mean, I know I said before that he, he tends to work out of the shadows, but like if he wanted to, this would need to he would need to be working in the shadows if he wanted to create the super soldier serum so i feel like you know that's that's a potential option and i feel like it could be likely that it is it is him for that very reason and building more of a character arc so um yeah and i'll go with number 2 this time number 2 um is one that I think is very intriguing. And to be honest with you, number two is actually somebody like Curtis Jackson or somebody like we've never heard number we've never seen before in the Marvel universe and making his de- his or her debut. Um with the catch though, and with one that could be a big fan service moment, something something tells me that it could be a big name actor um playing this. Like a person that is well known by a lot of people. Jared, what do you think about that? Well, the only thing about that is if it was someone who we haven't known yet, it would either have to be someone who is known just like, you know, from the comics or something like that, who is known. 
um, or very, very popular, or it has to be a big actor, like a very, very large actor that people can immediately associate with that person. So mm-hmm. if they see him, they'll immediately know, oh my gosh, you know, that's an actor that we know. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's really the only way it can be someone who we haven't seen yet. There, Because obviously we want to have a big surprise and to have a big surprise and it be just kind of someone who we don't know and a face that we don't know, it wouldn't be as, you know, powerful. If we saw like, I don't know, a Samuel Jackson type character playing the power broker, not actually Samuel Jackson, just someone on like that, that level or like Chris Hemsworth level, we would be amazed. We would be like, Oh my gosh, this is crazy. (laughs) But if we just saw some very small actor, it just wouldn't be very powerful. But I feel like if, if it is someone who we don't know yet, that would be very cool. But, I am not getting my hopes up because of WandaVision and how we thought it would be someone we haven't seen yet. And sadly, it was not. It was kind of just bleh. Well, keep in mind that, keep in mind that, and I, I know I mentioned this before, that was the fan zone decision to pick a villain or a random theory and say, oh, this is going to happen. There was... The only reason why people wanted people like Mephisto is because he had an association with Wanda and her kids at the comics. I believe I I mentioned that too. This show, the Falcon and Winter Soldier, has a secret villain. WandaVision did not. This one does, and people can actually make uh, more reasonable theories on who this villain is. So. Because I am not, I'm not making fun of a lot of these theories regarding who the power broker is, primarily because it's going to be revealed that a person's theory is correct, and when and when that does happen, or unless the power broker stays in the shadows, but that would be terrible and boring. But I I feel like there to relate it to Wandavision, you know, the theory the 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 villain reveal is there regarding who the power broker could be. So that's all I'm going to say there. And that, I'm not saying get your hopes up. It, like, if you say, okay, well, Red School is going to come back from Vormir and he's going to become the, to become the power broker. No. I mean, which is possible, it's, it's possible. Don't, I wouldn't say, like, get your, don't get your hopes up on that big thing happening or, like, like, these huge characters. Like, I don't know who else could be the power broker that's huge. Like a Steve Rogers type guy or something. Like do, I, w- I wouldn't say that it's going to be like a big hero or a big villain. Um, but so, I mean, in terms of getting your expectations lower for that. But I mean, people can have expectations regarding the big reveal of the power broker. I, I am one of those people. Um, and this is why I do, and I'm going to be very vocal about this in the, for who's number one. It, it should be a big reveal. If you're going to keep it going for the longest time, it needs to be a big reveal. So that's what I have to say about that. And regarding the actor or actress, um, that that's interesting, and that's something that could happen. Because, and the reason why this is replacing names that we've discussed last week, like Zola and stuff like that, 
is because they're they're I just feel like the power broker needs to be a big reveal, like I said before. And if there is a big actor or actress playing this man or woman, it it could be very meaningful. Like we know that Christian Bale uh Christian Bale got uh called for Thor Love and Thunder to be a guy named Gore the God Butcher. That actually hyped me up because I am a big fan of Christian Bale as an actor. And I, you know, I would, I, I would love to see what he can do in MCU. If it were a name like that being revealed in, and establishing him, himself or herself, like I said before, as a, as a villain, that could, be, that could be a big moment. And, you know, MCU already has big names already, but to get another big name, uh, I could see it happening. So, and that's going to lead us into our, actually, well, do you have anything else to say regarding that? Um, not really. I think that it's, it's a perfectly plausible thing that we explained. Yeah. So, and the first one, which I, I'm going to make it clear right now is something that I am against just, yeah, just, me too. Very, just very because and how painfully obvious it's painfully obvious that she has connections. Sharon Carter. Now, this is something that, like I said before, and maybe, you know, maybe people hire their expectations because I, I tend to do that sometimes. But this is something that people, the power broker is something that people are, have expectations for. It's been a big mystery at this point. If it's Sharon Carter, no, please no. And I'm not against the, please, I'm not against the, please understand that I'm not against the character. I, I, I do like the character and I feel like her arc is good. But you have made it obvious that Sharon Carter is an option because you have her having invested interest in Sam finding Carly, which is exactly what the power broker wants to do. You have her again in the car last episode saying, we've got a few problems, you know, and potentially connecting to the fact that Dr. Nagel got killed, stuff like that. So there are reasons to believe that Sharon is a power broker. And yeah, I'm just against it because it's been too obvious. And we're going to be like, if it's revealed to be her, it's going to be like, yeah, well, we saw that coming. So what do you think? Well, I, I pretty much completely agree. It would be so disappointing to have this huge buildup and have it be someone as painfully obvious. We have this super mysterious character who's texting Carly Morgenthau and the Flag Smashers, if you don't return my serum, I'll kill you. Things like that. And it's just someone that we already know, and it's someone that we've seen so much, and we've seen be super shady. That would just be so painful. Exactly. This huge buildup, just like, not just like uh, WandaVision, but they had a huge buildup for the engineer and it ended up being someone really not that big. It's not that Sharon is not that big. It's just that it's, it would be just so disappointing. We want something, someone super huge in this innovation to be super powerful. When we saw her fighting, she didn't even seem that powerful. She, sure, she could handle a lot of people, and she fought a lot of people, but we didn't see someone who was overly strong or overly cunning. Mm-hmm. We, 
it would just be so it would just be such a letdown to see her become and like you said I'm not against the actor I think she's doing a great job but she, I don't I just don't think she would fit the uh, power broker type just deal I think that he will be a I don't think this now but I hope that he will be this very very large villain in the future that will make problems for everyone yeah I totally agree with you there and uh, one thing one other thing to mention if Sharon Carter were to be revealed that should have already happened if Sharon Carter is a power broker she should have already been revealed as that because like I said like we've both said before it's it's a mystery you know it's not really going to be a mystery any longer if it turns out to be Sharon Carter and the mystery would have kind of been like like overshadowed uh, by Sharon Carter so I definitely feel like um, it should have already happened if it were to be su- revealed as someone like Sharon Carr. So, uh, yeah, any other thoughts on that? No, I just, that, that was a really good point that you said. I agree. Yeah. So, basically, just to sum up, um, regarding who we believe could very well turn out to be the power broker, we have number three, uh, Thunderbolt Ross. Number two, a um, character from the comics – like somebody like Curtis Jackson, who was actually the power broker from the comics, uh, just with a big name attached to it, with a big actor or actress. And number one, uh, Sharon Carter, who many believed, and I hope not, but many believe uh, that she will be the power broker. But uh, yeah, I just hope not. So uh, yeah, final thoughts, Jared, before we wrap it up? Uh I just think it was a great show, and I would like to commend Marvel on how they've been, or Kevin Feige, really, on how he's been carrying everything out and how they've been carrying everything out. I think it's been great, and I'm glad they're making these little short series for us to look at. Yeah, agreed. And um, so we are coming down, we're, we are rounding third base here with Falcon and Winter Soldier, or just approaching third base. We are nearing the end. We have got two more episodes left. It will be interesting to see what we talk about next week and the week afterwards. So uh, thank you all very much for listening. And uh, yeah, tune in next week. We'll see you guys later.